We are back. Uh, this is the WFNY's Browncast, um, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Um, I'm your host, uh, Joe Gilbert. Uh, joining me is Taylor uh, Jedrzejczyk. Um, he, uh, if you're wondering where Josh is, um, Josh is, uh, has moved on to uh, Greener Pastures at 11 Warriors. Um, so we're Sad to see him go, and uh, but he's gonna. Yeah, we're really. I'm. I'm personally really proud of him uh, working at uh, Eleven Warriors. So, um, yeah. So uh, check him out over there. But uh, for the rest of the year, it'll be us, us two, Taylor and Joe. Um, yep. And uh, we're ready to go. It's Browns Week and uh, Brown Steelers Week, and it's gonna be fun. And I've and I've avoided all Brown stuff for the last forty eight hours. <laughs> yes, I can. Right. Luckily, this is a short week, so we don't have to. Yeah. Uh, it's not uh, going to be a, uh, a long, dra- dragged out week. Uh, um, week here, but uh, this podcast uh, is sponsored by uh, BetterHelp. Um, BetterHelp. It can be. Um, it can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem solving mode when faced with a challenge in life. But when you learn how to find your own solutions, there's no better feeling. A therapist can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com WFNY today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash W-F-N-Y. That is BetterHelp, our sponsor for today. Um, so just getting a kind of recapping of last week, um, debacle as you would want to say. <laughs> as much as we actually want to recap it. <laughs> right, right, right. Basically, it kind of we're kind of just going over what has transpired since then. Um, there's been a lot of quotes, a lot of finger pointing, sort of like the defensive secondary during the game. Um, what's Only your natural what's your, for it to... Right, yeah. Well, like, what's your thoughts on what uh, what has been kind of said in the media over the past couple of days uh, with all these problems? Um, I mean, it's it's pretty evident that no one was too thrilled with each other after the game. They they worked it out. It seems like I mean it just came out at like seven minutes ago as of this this taping that that they had they held a players only meeting. Um, kind of kind of rare for that to happen in week two. I feel like that might be the right. earliest players owning owner players only meeting in like the yeah. history of the league. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, yeah. It's but, uh, it, it's interesting. It's um. Like you, you kind of get different answers from everybody. I think it was Stefanski said it was on him for not telling um, Nick Chubb to kneel or to lay down to before scoring his last touchdown. Nick Chubb said it was on him to know that the situation. It was Denzel Ward who said it wasn't his fault in coverage. Uh, Grant Delpert says it's miscommunication. He wouldn't say whose. Um, and then Miles Garrett 
kind of just talks about how the Browns fans shouldn't be booing. So it was kind of a wide variety of uh, <laughs> responses. Um, but hopefully this kind of – we can kind of like move on, hopefully, if uh, if this team can play well on Thursday. Kind of wipe – it's not it's not going to wipe away what we've witnessed because I don't think we're ever going to forget – no, I, I I think that feeling sticks with you. Right. Yeah, that's that's never going to change. But um, at least it will hopefully make you feel a little bit better if they can get a W on uh, on Thursday, which uh, yeah. kind of leads us into Thursday. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, they're one and one uh, heading into uh, this week. Uh, they beat the Bengals first week and then lost to um, – who did they lose to? They lost to New England. New England, yes, New England, um, in a low-scoring game. So, uh, what's your what's your just initial thoughts on uh, the Steelers, uh, their strengths, weaknesses? What, what's your thoughts? I feel like, I mean, you can never underestimate this team until they've uh, until they give you a reason to think that they're bad. It's hard to believe that they're actually bad. Um, defensively, anyway. Offensively, I think it's pretty pretty well known that they're not very good right now. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, I've, there's been plenty of bad Steelers teams over the years or quote unquote bad Steelers teams that have come up against the Browns and still managed to put them in their place somehow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's infuriating at times. It's depressing at others. Um, I don't think that they have the offensive firepower to really take advantage of like, even, even the jets were able to take advantage of what the Browns have been screwing up on offense or on defense, because they have the receivers to kind of, they have very shifty receivers that are able to get open in space. And that goes against how the Browns kind of play zone defense, which seems like they, they want to keep people in front of them. Um, Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unless you're running, running wide ass open down the far sideline. Um, <laughs> but I think the more I thought about this game, the more I think it's probably going to end up looking like, and I hope it doesn't end up exactly like this one, but I think it's going to look like that uh, Thursday night game towards the end of 2019 mm. made infamous for, for reasons, but I think, <laughs> I have a feeling it's going to look sort of like that game where the Steelers are somewhat overmatched in trying to score points, but the Browns are never able to actually pull away. Mm -hmm. Um, That game ended up being 21 seven. I think the Browns scored on a pick six late or they, they picked, they had an interception late that they were turned down to like the eight and they scored. Um, That was Mason Rudolph, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, because he got smacked in the head with a helmet. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it, it was that game. That's, that, that's, oh, yeah. that's infamous. Oh, yeah. But I, I think that that's kind of how this game's going to look. Because until the Mitch Trubisky-led offense can prove to me that they, they're capable of scoring more than 16 points themselves in a game. Right. Uh, and I, I find it hard to believe that they're going to, like, the first team to 20 should win this game. 
I would, yeah, I, w- I would think that too. I, I definitely agree. I like the analogy on that. Um, on the 2019. Um, yeah, it's definitely like they have the receivers, like they have talented receivers. They have Deontay Johnson. They have, um, uh, what's, what's the TikTok guy? Oh no, he's gone now. Here, oh, uh, not the, unless, not you're talking, unless you're talking uh, about Claypool. Claypool. Yes. Yeah. He probably took that too. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so they got the receivers. They got they got the running back. Najee Harris is really good. Um, they just don't have any way of like sort of letting them be successful. Uh, their yeah. offensive line is pretty terrible. It's we <clears throat> we've seen some probably the last two weeks have been really pretty bad uh, offensive line. This one might be the worst, which is saying something. Yeah, um, yeah, it's they they struggled. First two games, they've struggled uh, kind of protecting the backfield, and then their run game is just non-existent because they can't block for them. Um, yeah. And then and then Mitchell Trubisky, he's, he's a he, guy. He is who we <laughs> thought he is. Right. Yeah, he, he did not somehow miraculously change from his times at Chicago. Um, he is Mitch Trubisky and – yeah, he's just he's not going to win you a game, and he can he can definitely uh, kind of lose it for you. So um, to, yeah, to the, be fair to Mitch Trubisky, you said the exact same thing last week about Joe Flacco. So that's true. That's, <laughs> at least he has at least he has some uh, experience in, uh, in in yeah, winning. It, in winning. <laughs> yes, at least he knows what it feels like. Right. 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 So yeah, I think uh, I think it's it's going to be an interesting matchup because obviously their defense is. Still, the Steelers' defense it's a uh, it's a little bit lesser now because T.J. Watt is uh, out a couple, uh, for several weeks now um, with a peck injury, I believe it is. Um, so that's definitely a kind of aid for the Browns, but um, they still are. It's still a Steelers' defense. It's still going to be um, tough going for the offense, especially. Um, they've kind of never had really good success against this <laughs> Steelers defense, no matter who was playing back there. And then, yeah. yeah and as you just kind of think about it, just Tomlin just keeps you in the game as a coach. He, he just, he's a coach that he's, they're never out of the, you hardly ever see them get blown out and they're just, and you never see them go under 500, even though some of these teams that they've had in the last few years, you would think they would go under 500. This um, team but, is definitely one of those. Right. Yeah. Should and, in the end, it should and, be. Under and what, what are they right now? 500. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. It, it's uh, yeah. This so it's just it's going to be a tough matchup. Um, I think this is just compared to the other two teams. I, they're pretty much equals. I would say that I would put them all in sort of the kind of same batch. I would put probably Carolina a little bit lower, but. Um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting game, and uh, it's another game that the Browns need to win and should win. Yeah, I, I think the way that I view it is that I, I still don't think the Browns have the mental edge over the Steelers. They need a couple years of of beating them pretty consistently mm-hmm. to have that. I still like, and that might just be the fan perspective. I don't know what the team perspective is, but. I don't, the Browns haven't swept the Steelers since they came back. Um, More times than not, they've been swept by them. Right. So 
the, none of these, none of these, the players on this team have gone through a season without, with, without losing to the Steelers. So anyone who's been on the Steelers for a long period of time, which I don't think there's that many of anymore. Um, I think a lot of these guys are relatively new, but you know, they, Mike Tomlin's still there and he knows he just has the confidence to beat the Browns because that's all he's ever done. Right. Sort of like Joe. So, <laughs> yeah. So like, like he's never going to say it, but like in his own head, like he probably agreed with Juju that week that the Browns are the Browns until proven otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And then, you know, I think the Steelers sweep the Browns last year. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. 15, 10. Yeah. And then that Monday, whatever you want to call Monday night. That um, was give up, give up week. <laughs> they just, that was the end of the season. That was just like the drudge of the season there. Yeah. yeah. It didn't help that they were eliminated from the playoffs like four hours right. earlier. But Right. Yeah. They played um, like it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I, I don't – in on paper, the Browns should win this game. I think – I want to say last I saw, and it could be different now, they were up to five-and-a-half-point favorites. I have it four-and-a-half, yeah. at least according to FanDuel. But yeah, so – Depending on where you go. You know, more than more than your uh, average home – home spread which is usually around three yeah but you know had the browns beaten the jets like they were supposed to with right. two minutes to go last year it would be <laughs> it had probably been around seven so right you know if i think if the browns can keep everything defensively in front of them there's no reason they shouldn't they shouldn't give up fewer than 14 points to this team and I don't think that there's any reason they can't score 20 at least. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely agree. It's, um, so just kind of going based off the, the, the matchups here, what do you think the, like the Browns advantages are on offense? We kind of, we kind of went over what, what the Steelers weaknesses are, but how do you think the Browns are going to kind of attack attack them uh, uh, through the, on offense, um, kind of like key units and players there? Well, I think without having TJ Watt there, a lot of things become easier um, between both running the ball with, with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, who have had pretty decent success against the Steelers. I, I wouldn't say they've, they've run all over them at any point, but like they've never really been shut down by them either. Um so I, I would imagine it only improves with, with TJ Watt not out there. Um, I mean, their linebackers really aren't anything to write home about. It's their secondary that uh, would really kind of give anyone fits. And I think if, if Browns fans are going into this weekend thinking that Jacoby Brissett's going to do what he did last weekend and, and play as well as he did, I think you're probably mistaken. Uh, yeah. I would not. I would not anticipate that because uh, I, I just don't think they're going to put him in a position to throw a pick six to make a Fitzpatrick and change the game. Right. Yeah. So, 
that that's like the one player left on that defense that you truly want to avoid. So I don't think the I don't think Stefanski is going to let him let Brissett get put in the position to get victimized by him. Yeah, definitely agree. I think the run game is going to be once again the kind of leading catalyst of this offense. Yeah, um, Nick Chubb's got to be big again. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely not one you want to pass against when you don't have necessarily the the talent on the outside and then talent in the backfield. Um, it's definitely not a one you want to kind of pick on. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have no, I have no doubt that Amari Cooper could beat Minka on a few routes, yeah, but like, right. I don't want to test that all game. I'm not. <laughs> right. I, I think I think the matchup to probably test is any of their linebackers against Joku or Kareem Hunt out of the backfield. Yeah, I think that would be the the things to pick on. Um, and then you know just keep up with the play action because the defense is historically pretty aggressive. So if you can if you can burn them on a couple play action pe- plays, you, you open up the run and. I don't think this game has to be that difficult. I don't think you're looking up to you're looking to scheme up a whole bunch of whole bunch of new things. I think you're just trying to do what you do best and avoid making big mistakes, which is one thing that Jacoby Brissett is good at. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I think the the it's going to really be telling. I think the defensive line versus the offensive line. It's gonna it's gonna be very important that the Browns kinda protect well and then kinda make make ways in the uh, run game because it's gonna be that's the that's the matchup to watch. It's gonna be it's gonna be a battle because they even though they don't have TJ Watt, they still have Cam Hayward. They they still have Chris Wormley and and all those guys. Um, Alex Highsmith has stepped in, I think, on the edge. So yeah, yeah it's definitely Definitely still a vaunted uh, front seven there, um, but you definitely you need to you need to kind of run the ball to establish that and see see what we got. Um, the offensive line has to win this week. They they yeah. kind of they played really well the first two games, uh, but they they need them this week again. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500, on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. Yeah, and the the bronze line hasn't performed poorly against this team. Right. Um, I mean, I think I want to say in the Monday night game last year, they gave up a bunch of sacks, but I almost feel like part of that might've been <laughs> who was under center. <laughs> my, it might've been you know, the scene from uh, longest yard where the line just goes, there you go. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, that was, yeah. They, they, they really haven't played that. Like 
if you look back just at like kind of the history of, of the past couple of years, like they haven't really performed poorly against this defensive front. It's just been quarterback play, as we always say, making mistakes, um, turnovers. So yeah, it's uh, it's definitely it's going to be interesting to watch. Um, see what what happens. Yeah, I I mean I just think it's. It's a game where you have to not beat yourself because I don't think the Steelers can beat you if you're not beating yourself. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I don't I didn't think the Jets could beat you if you didn't beat yourself. And for yeah. forty for fifty nine minutes you did or fifty eight minutes you didn't beat yourself. Right. And in the last two you buried yourself six <laughs> feet under somehow. You, yeah. You used a backhoe to put yourself in a grave. <laughs> right. Um even when there's outlets to get out of that hole <laughs> throughout yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. There was concrete steps on the other end of the, <laughs> the other end of the hole, but there was a nice red button here that let the dirt in and they pressed the button. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So we'll move over on the, on the defense, which is the problem child <laughs> of this yeah. uh, Browns team. So, how do you think they match up against the uh, the Steelers' offense, and uh, how, what are they going to do, man? Well, I guess it depends on if they decide they want to cover. That would um, that would be important. In the event that they actually decide they want to cover someone, I don't think there's a whole ton the Steelers can really do. Um, the The way that the linebackers have been playing, Walker and Owusu uh, Kormoa almost it won't completely negate it because it's like their entire offense nowadays, but um, it will do a lot of damage in taking them out of rhythm with getting passes to running to Harris and Fryermuth, who are two players that could pose a lot of threat. Mm -hmm. um, I think it all just comes down to if the secondary can get their heads screwed on right and right. all run the same play. <laughs> um, it also, it also with, with the, the, the news the last couple of days about how they don't think Clowney is going to play and they're being very secretive seemingly about Miles Garrett, who I don't remember getting hurt during the game. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he's on the injury report, and anything that Stefanski says about him is we'll see. I don't. Right. I hope he's just being very Belichickian about that, <laughs> uh, and just not not giving it away because I think this defense without uh, Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett and one of their backups in Chase Winovich, I, I don't know how they generate any pressure on a uh, through a bad offensive line. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. The I, Miles Garrett is definitely something we're going to have to watch in the next couple of days. Um, yeah. And maybe. unlike the first two quarterbacks, like Trubisky can actually move himself. Right. Uh, <laughs> That's a good point. Very good point. I mean, hey, Baker scored on the ground and Flacco had a nice run he did. early in the game. But <laughs> like Trubisky, for a while there in Chicago, all he could do was run the ball. So. Yeah. So, um, so different threat they're going to have to kind of 
I don't think he has. He does. He definitely doesn't have the arm of those th- first two, like strength wise and all that. But Trubisky yeah. kind of hurts you in another way. They, he can run with. He can run with the ball. So yeah, definitely have to watch through that. Um, I think yeah, Miles Garrett. It, it's going to be tough because they already are out with Jadavian Clowney. Um, so allegedly, having, I, I allegedly. don't know if they've confirmed that he's out yet. I, I honestly I think, didn't see I think, I, saw, I, think I saw yesterday that he wasn't going to play. I think, still, like Stefanski said, he's not going to play. But um, I, I I was at the game last week, so I, I actually saw him get injured. And he, he, yeah. looked, he looked really he looked really uncomfortable um, twisting that ankle, I believe it was. Um, so, yeah, it's if they don't have Miles or Jadavion Clowney, it's going to be – because – Something that we have to kind of talk about is like the pass rush has been pretty good. Uh, yeah, aside from the final minute and a half, right on Sunday, I feel like they were like just dead tired on that one. Um, yeah, yeah, it definitely felt like they were winded. Yeah, um, um, so that hasn't been the issue. It's just been the coverage. Um, but if you lose your top two starting, really top tier edge rushers that's gonna really put a dent in it it's gonna it's not gonna help the coverage at all <laughs> the, no uh, the coverage has actually been aided but now now they don't have that safety net um and that could be bad news or it could be kind of a stress on the coverage to be better to what they've done um it's, yeah. as we've been talking about it's it's just gonna come down it's pretty simple just on this side of the ball if, if they can cover if they want to cover and talk to each other, it's going to be all right. If they don't, it's going to look like the Jets game. Or the Panthers game. I mean, both the of them Panthers. had. Second half I mean, Panthers game. <laughs> I mean, what are they, they've given up at least 21 points now just because they blew coverage. No, 28 points just because they blew coverages. That's wild. Yeah, I think they have five. I think I saw a stat. Someone, I think from PFF, um, said we have I have five blown coverages this year, and the next highest is like two. <laughs> so it just kind of gives you a base point of where this defense uh, secondary is. Um, I still like I've been thinking about this past couple of days. Like I, this it's so talented. I just can't believe that it'll continue. Um, something will, I'm hoping that the leader like Denzel, uh, he doesn't usually speak up. So when he does speak up, hopefully it, it kind of does something. Um, they need to figure this out because there's, there's just too much talent on there to struggle this horribly. Especially because right now, I mean, it might be, be I mean, I'm not going to blame the fact that the defense has screwed up a few plays on this, but right now it's kind of on them. Like, yeah. For the next nine games, it's on them to put the offense in winning positions. And they did that against the Panthers for most of the game. They And then they let Robbie Anderson do the one thing he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they did it for most of the game against the Jets. And then they let Corey Davis, who I don't, he doesn't even run streaks that much. Yeah. <laughs> 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 run that right wasn't a streak. Like, that was just run a. I'm down here. <laughs> like they just. That was just. I still can't get over that play. But yeah, 
it's uh, it's based on the coverage, and if they wanna if they wanna cover today uh, in the in the game, they're gonna be successful. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't I don't know what the weather is there. I know that there's been some weird Thursday night games weather wise against the Steelers. Uh, I can't imagine it's gonna be. It's supposed to be mi- minus four wind chill, like right. the game they sacked Ben nine times. <laughs> So, so uh, it's supposed to be like cooler. I think like 60s, which is still warm for Cleveland. Um, yeah. I think the wind is supposed to be anything at night on the on the lake. It's going to be a little bit windy, so that could be a factor. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. it's uh, it's going to be a fun one. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hope so, Kate York gets a chance to make some field goals so that he yeah, can flush that. whatever that flush that out of the system. He, yeah. I, I almost. It did look like he struggled from extra point range on Sunday. He almost missed the first one, and then he did miss the last one. Yeah. So, you know, just get him on the phone with Phil Dawson. He'll teach him how to do it. But yeah, it, it's um, interesting. That was his first. I I know he played the preseason, but like first regular season at the stadium. So maybe it was nerves. Maybe it was just kind of getting familiar with the the wins that happen on Sundays in uh, Cleveland. So, um, yeah, yeah, definitely hope he kind of uh, gets out of that uh, little funk there. Yep. Um, so what are your, what are your keys to the victory kind of to cover, cover wide receivers? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say, like cover wide receivers and run the ball. Like don't cover wide not... receivers and don't turn the ball over. Right. It's, like, it's a pretty only... simple it's a pretty the only way recipe. I feel like the only way, and I can look this up. I'm gonna I'm gonna look up their drive summary from week one, but I feel like the only way the Steelers scored against um, the Bengals were short fields. Yeah. Uh, interception return for a touchdown. Uh, let's see. I need to need this one. Yep, they started a drive at the Cincy 34, got a field goal out of it. Uh, they scored on a 59-yard touchdown drive. Um, a field goal on a drive that started from the Cincy 45. And then a field goal, their their longest drive, like the only time they scored from like a normal, normal distance was the game-winning field goal. Uh, in overtime where they just drove 45 yards from the 20. But there was a pick six and then a bunch of short fields and they beat the Bengals. So right. don't, don't, don't give the, don't give them that opportunity to score on short fields. Boswell yeah. is a good kicker. He, he never misses kicks in Cleveland because <laughs> I don't know why. Um, and Justin but, Tucker. <laughs> Yeah, I think Justin Tucker's only miss in Cleveland was the one Denzel Ward blocked. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's it's more it's just about not beating yourselves against bad teams. It's going to be the same way against the Falcons next week too. Granted, the Falcons don't have the defensive talent that the Steelers do, but we're not talking about them yet. Um, it's. Cover making sure that Chase Claypool and I, I, why, why do I, I'm forgetting his name. Um, yeah, the the, no, the receiver they drafted. Oh, uh, Pickens. George Pickens. Like, 
just because it's only natural. It feels like new Steelers receivers always have their breakout against the Browns. Like when uh, Antonio Brown kicked a guy in the face. Uh, Claypool had a big game, yeah. Yeah, so like it would only be natural for them to leave him on a streak up the middle and just forget to cover him. Uh, but, you know, that's the kind of thing that they have to avoid. They, they have to make the Steelers team drive the football. And yeah, they haven't really shown they're capable of doing that to this point. Right. So, yeah, yeah. just don't make it easy on them, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, they make it hard on themselves. Don't make it any easier. Right. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, don't turn it over. Control the clock is another thing because defense is struggling right now. So, running the ball, kind of controlling the clock, and then uh, don't give anything easy, kind of. I don't know, not give up big plays on defense would be nice. Uh, limit, yeah. keep them in front of you, make them have to kind of trickulate down the field, as they say. So, um, yeah, it's we're. I think we're on the same page. It's it's going to be – it's just pretty much it's going to be Browns don't hurt yourselves. <laughs> like, like, don't <laughs> – don't <laughs> don't kick yourself in the face. <laughs> How much? But, but they've spent the last twenty something years doing that. So right. Yeah. But that's basically what we're at right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty simple task. Don't beat yourself. But you would think it I is. Mean, <laughs> the, the the Steelers defense does enough to make things hard. Yeah. Don't make it harder on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But so yeah, that's our uh kind of keys of victory. Um I, we started this uh, last uh, podcast, uh, but with uh, Josh going now, uh, Taylor and I will start doing prop bets, and we'll kind of have a contest, uh, see who wins at the end of the year. Um, I, I, I got seven. I'm going to write these yeah. things down. Yes. So we have seven. Uh, we'll do seven each week. Um, first two are always going to be the same. So uh, it's the uh, it's going to be the odds of the game. So uh, it's right now from FanDuel, it's going to be Browns minus four and a half. What's your thoughts? Um, well, I'm, I mean, I'm sticking with my uh, I'm sticking with my 2019 feeling that if the Browns are going to get this done, it's going to be a kind of a shutdown game like that. Um, I do think that Trubisky is better than mason rudolph so like i would expect more than seven points but i i think that they should if they're if they're as good as they think that we if if they're as good as we think they are and they are as going to be as focused as the locker room seems to be saying they will be for thursday night i i don't see why mine they they can't hit minus four and a half over. Okay, so you say over. Um, I'll say I, I agree with that. I don't think this is going to be a field goal game. Um, I think they'll win by at least a touchdown or six points or whatever. Um, yeah, it's just basically what we've been talking about. Like, this team should win. It's up to them to not screw it up. <laughs> um, it's going to be low-scoring game, and that kind of leads me into the second one. Um, over under 38.5 points, uh, according to FanDuel. 
Um, if I think this is going to end, I have a feeling this is going to end somewhere in the 24 to 10 or 24 to 14 range. Maybe. So I'm probably going to take the under just because I don't expect the Browns to really risk themselves. I don't, I don't think they're going to take a whole lot of risks to score points. I think they're just going to rely on doing what they do best to score points, which is going to eat up a lot of time. And I don't believe they're going to feel they need to score 30 points to win this game. Right. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm, I'm in the same boat on, on with you. Um, I don't think Pittsburgh's going to score a lot and I don't think the Browns are going to have a lot of drives to score a lot. Um, I think they'll run run the ball a lot and kind of wear down that clock, and so you don't get as many possessions. So, I, yeah, I definitely think under um, thirty and a half um, on that one. Uh, let's move to the offense. So we're going to individual um, players here. So Jacoby Brissett, two hundred passing yards. So last week he had two twenty nine. Uh, this uh, the first week he had one forty seven. So he's kind of around that 200 all the time almost here. Um, what do you think there? Over or under 200 yards? Passing? Um, he looked very comfortable last week. Um, and, the, and it's not like the Jets defense is like a total void of talent anymore. Mm-hmm. They actually have some good players there. Yep. Um, not quite to the caliber of the Steelers yet, but um, I, I do think he's probably going to be over. But barely if it's over if it's over it's not by much it might be like 202 yeah i'm we're actually in the same boat on this one too um i think it's going to be like 200 it's going to be like 201 or something like that yeah Um, i don't expect him i don't expect him to go uh go kind of 250 or anything like that i think it's going to be right over that 200 mark um so uh, next one, um, Beck probably are the uh, the Browns' strength of the whole entire team is the rushing offense. Um, so total uh, one ninety over under one ninety total total rushing yards for the uh, whole offense. Uh, week one they had two seventeen, and week t- uh, last week they had one eighty four. So. Uh, 190 is our uh, total yards rushing mark. What do you think? I don't think they get that. 190 is a lot, and I think the the Steelers are going to sell out to stop the run. Yeah. Um. Uh, like, yes, they're a run. Heavy, the the Browns are a run run predominant team, but the the Steelers defense is still going to take pride in stopping that. I don't think they're going to allow them to run for 200 yards on them. And if they do, someone might get fired. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I'm disagreeing with you. I'm going to go with over. Um, I think, th- I think they'll do what they kind of done the past couple times uh, in, in wins. They kind of wear you down and really pull off kind of pat the stats late in the fourth quarter. Um, I think they'll do that again. Uh, so I think they'll get right over that 190 mark um, and get that get kind of key to success, uh, run that ball and be productive on the ground. So I think over on that one. So um, next one, we'll go to 
Amari Cooper, 60 receiving yards. Um, so week one, he had 17 yards, and then week two, he had 101. So kind of big range here. Uh, what's yeah. your thoughts on uh, Cooper? 60 yards. Um, I think 60 yards is probably a little low. Uh, seven, Like the 17 in week one wasn't really indicative of no, how much time he's yeah. how much time he spent open <laughs> uh, <laughs> all day. <laughs> yeah, I think I think J.C. Horn was on the ground more than he was covering Amari Cooper. <laughs> but, uh, I, I would say that somewhere in the seventy-five range is probably where they need to be if they want to have any hope of having a successful passing game on the night, because. There's no one that can get open on that team like Amari Cooper, and he's going to have Minka Fitzpatrick on him, and you can't just avoid him the entire night. Right. Uh, so I, I think he probably goes over, but I'm not going to say he's going to top 150 and have two catch, two receiving touchdowns. Right. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, I will go – man, this is it's going to be a close one. I, th- I think he's going to be right around that 60 mark. Um, I think he'll go barely over, um, sort of like the, like the percent yardage. Um, I think he'll be barely over, um, because I think as you said, Minka will probably be around his area as the second guy kind of helping out. Um, just, I think there a lot of their attention after last week where he pretty much dominated for much of the game. Um, I think they'll kind of be looking for him. So. I think that he'll be over, but uh, not by a lot. Um, yeah. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever you know i think the pause right there is probably more important than the word amazing athletes like boxing champion buster douglas when a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up that's when i knew it was over yeah Yeah. right and yes bigfoot chasers do you believe in bigfoot and if so does he really eat beef jerky (laughs) the bigfoot thing is people have seen these and and i've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it it's whiskey business with dino chapotas join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour you really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Now we go to the defense, um, Brown's defense. This is going to be a tough one because we don't know who's playing <laughs> is like you would normally think there would be an over here. But uh, yeah. three and a half total sacks as a team. Um, I think for now... I'm going to go under because I think even even against the Jets who like were pulling dudes off the street last week. <laughs> yeah. They man- they managed two sacks. So um I- I'm going to go under on that one because they are most likely not going to have Clowney and who the hell knows what's going on with Miles Garrett. So uh, yeah. They they need more if they want to be as dominant in the game as they they should be. But I'm going to go under the three and a half. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I agree because we already know Jadavion's out. Miles is going to be hampered if he does play. Um, and it's just with this coverage, like they're getting to the backfield. <laughs> they just aren't allowing enough time to get there. Um, yeah. So I think the coverage won't help at all, kind of um, get that a mark. So I think they'll, I think maybe two or three, um, because I think they're always going to be kind of around that if, if both of them or one of them plays. Um, but I don't think three and a, uh, more than three and a half. So I'll say under two, uh, under three and a half. So uh, last one, uh, this is one of our keys that we were talking about. So uh, this is two and a half total turnovers. So both teams combined for two and a half turnovers. Hasn't been a, hasn't the Browns haven't really turned the ball over that often, um, but they haven't really taken the ball away. So. It's going to be an interesting kind of thing to watch here. So what do you think? Over under two and a half total turnovers combined. Well, eventually the Browns' horrendous fumble luck is going to come back to them a little bit. Uh, I mean, they didn't force five fumbles against the the Panthers. I think they forced two. Uh, They didn't recover either of them. They forced a fumble last week, didn't recover it. I don't know how. I think Clowney fell on it and then didn't fall on it. (laughs) Um, but I think, you know, one of the ways to keep, keep this offense feeling like they can't get the job done is to turn them over. And I I do feel like it'll be over. I'm, I do think the Browns will probably turn it over at least once as much as we've said, we, they need to avoid it. I think the Steelers recognize that that's really their only hope is to (laughs) force turnovers and get short fields. Yeah, very uh, much. So, I, I think we're, we're, you're looking at a, a game that probably will have at least three. I think both teams. I wouldn't be surprised if both teams have two, and, and we get to yeah. four. Okay. So you go over. Uh, I'm saying under. Uh, I agree. I disagree with you on that one. So uh, I just I think the Browns Brissett. We've seen it through the first two games. Unless he has to force it downfield, which he did in the last 13 seconds of the game, he doesn't he doesn't take big risks. So I don't think he'll throw an interception. Um, obviously, fumbles are kind of hard to predict, um, but I don't. I just hope we're not running Demetric Felton back there to do anything kick return related. Right. Yes, that will be the key. Though, if there's any turnovers, it's going to be probably <laughs> punt return. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, and then, oh, man, yeah. And then on defense, um, I think they can turn over Mitch a couple times. Um, So that's why I think it'll be right under that two and a half. Um, But, yeah, I think think the Browns will win the uh, turnover battle. Uh, But, yeah, I don't think two and a half, though. So I say under on that one. Okay, so those are our seven. Um, We'll... We're keeping track of it. We'll. Uh, yep, I have we'll it written of, down. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll go over it next uh, next preview. So next week on Thursday or Wednesday or Thursday, whenever we plan on doing it. Um, so we'll go over that and kind of keep track of it. Anybody listening to the pod, do yours and uh, see how we match up with us. Um, 
Uh, and then the last one, last kind of points uh, here is uh, what's your game prediction? What's your – you don't have to give the exact score or anything like that. You can give kind of a baseline of where you think it's going to be and then um, who you think it's going to win. I feel like I've kind of flirted around this all, all night. Um, I, I do think the Browns are going to win. Uh, I, I just – like they, they've, they've talked so much this week about correcting mistakes and – and fixing the problems that they've had the first two weeks that if they, even though it's a short week, if they go out there on Thursday and the same shit happens, right. like, I don't know if Haslam might, is going to let Joe Woods back in the locker room. Uh, but <laughs> I think, I think the Browns win. I think it's probably pretty low scoring. I know I, I bet the under, so I guess I kind of have to, kind of have to keep it under that. I, I think I think 24-14 feels good or 21-10 feels like in that ballpark. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I just think that's kind of where it ends up unless the Browns implode. And, Which, you know, they've done that twice now. So they're batting 100. <laughs> they're batting 1,000 on imploding. <laughs> hey, maybe law of averages will kind of not yeah, implode. Let's, let's, let, let's, uh, let's enter week four. Batting six sixty on on implosions. Right. Yes, please. Um, so okay, so you think win? Um, I also think win. Uh, Browns win. I. It's just like this team is so much more talented than Pittsburgh, in a lot of areas, a lot of key areas. I feel and like it, the only place they're not more talented is the receiver room. Yeah, that 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 I think that's probably about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just pretty much if they can communicate on defense, they don't kill themselves on offense, uh, I think they'll win. Um, and I think it'll be – it'll be. I definitely agree with you. It's going to be a low-scoring game. Um, I'm thinking maybe like 24-10-ish to 13, probably 13-ish um, because I see – I see them kind of the defense maybe improving on the big plays, but I think they'll still kind of give up those little ten yard passes. There's always a drive where they just keep chipping away at that defense. Um, yeah, I, I mean, think, I I feel like I feel like as long as they can correct the massive busts, I can be okay with them for at least a week. Right. Still sucking on third down. As long as you, like they sucked the entire game on third down. <laughs> and they were still up thirty to seventeen, right? Yeah. So they just uh, crapped the pants on allowing big plays. Yeah, yeah. but so, so as long as they can fix one of those things, I'd rather it be the big play. Yeah. Um, that you know, I just I'm, I I'd let it slide for a week if, if the Steelers are six of twelve on third down. Like, right. is Mitch Trubisky capable of going six and six of twelve on third down? Well, we shall probably see. <laughs> not. <laughs> I don't know if he's historically been that good on third down. I feel like he mostly yeah. just runs himself into a sack. But never underestimate the Browns' defense, though. So. <laughs> on third down, yeah. <laughs> never, never underestimate the Browns' ability to find some bullshit way to <laughs> screw up. <laughs> yeah, third down is just like. Yeah, I, they used to play the the Halloween song during the third downs. I always thought it was funny because it was like, "Oh God, it is third down. This is going to be a terrible, terrible down for this defense." I, I, 
I'm more terrified of the third down. <laughs> right. I'm not terrified of their off. Their off. Third and eight. So. Nope. Still terrified. <laughs> third and fourteen. Maybe. Like it's just like every time it's like third and three, I like. Oh man, this is this is a gimme. <laughs> like it's not a great feeling when it's like third and short. Like they just. It just yeah. seems like they never have a chance. On yeah. Third down. I mean. So far, Joe Wood's M.O. has been to have these massive gaffes for one week and then come back the next week and the defense looks all world. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, what was it last year? Was last year they had the Patriots game followed up by the first Ravens game, right? Was it the, was it the Bengals? It was the um... – it was the bye week. Was the Patriots bye week or no? I forget who it was. But yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, they had they had the Steelers. They had the Arizona game. Oh yeah, which the Arizona and Los Angeles back to back, and then they had the Denver game, which you know Denver didn't have an offense, but they still only gave up fourteen points. Uh, Fifteen points to the Steelers. Sixteen points to the Bengals. Then they had the Patriots game, which no one wants to talk about. Um, I didn't even. I don't. I don't even remember watching that game. I don't think I did. Uh, I remember it was Mac Jones lit him up. It was not yeah. pretty. Yeah, and then they almost lost to the Lions. Yeah, and then the Ravens game, the two Ravens games, where they didn't give up any points basically until yeah. like the fourth quarter of the second one, where What's who is it? What was his name? Tyler Huntley decided to do whatever it was that he was doing. Yeah. So like Joe Woods has been very mercurial so far, and that's yeah. not really what you want. <laughs> consistency but, would be nice. Yeah, I'd like I'd like there to be, be some consistency. Um, I don't know if we're gonna get that, but I think the defense can vastly improve if they stop giving up big plays. Right. I think right now, like, if you take out the big plays from the Jets and the Panthers game, they might, they're probably like a top three defense in yardage. Yeah. I think, like, uh, I think it was, I think it was another, um, there's a DB, DBOA. Um, yes. Yeah. I don't know, it might have been EPA, one of them. I forget one of the stats, but they're like, if you take away the big plays and like third downs, they're like a top five or so defense. And then they're like absolutely last at third down. So it's, it's sort of like kind of indicative of just how they play from each game. They play kind of each snap is kind (laughs) of a different, different kind of performance. So yeah, it's good. I would just love one consistent game would be real nice. (laughs) Yeah. Just, just go out there and, Play good defense against a bad offense. Right, I have to I say, it's it, where we're given, at. Given, yeah, given what has happened the last week, all the talk, this would be the game that they kind of, <laughs> they kind of put it put together a dominant performance. Yeah, um, this, this is the game they go out there and they play like the Bears game last year, where they basically they basically shut them out and give up ninety five yards of offense. Yeah, yeah, it's on national television, so people will say, "Oh, this defense is good." <laughs> So yeah, and then they'll go out against the Falcons next week and get it lit up and be in a shootout, forty to thirty-two. Right. Yeah. 
So, yeah, that's where we're at. Um, any final thoughts on the game? I know we already kind of um, gave our thoughts. Just I don't me. know. Can 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 we can we see like high school style hand signals for defensive play calling, or college style big poster boards? Like, can we do just, something to get everyone on the same page? Or just each like kind of like pick up basketball, just point each other out. Hey, this is the area I got. This is who I am. <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> this is my zone. This is my zone. Stay away. <laughs> we don't even care if Mitch Trubisky knows. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it, this is where we're at right now. <laughs> we're just hoping that they can do elementary level uh, kind of signals and oh man. So um, yeah, that's basically is what my overall kind of thoughts are. Just just don't beat yourself. Just yeah. don't, don't when don't you're when it. you're playing teams that can't can't beat you, you don't beat yeah. yourself. Yes, right. Yeah, and that's uh, if they if they don't beat themselves, they're gonna win. So that's basically yeah. what we got. Yeah. So yep. yeah. So uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, this is uh, my first time trying to host here, so uh, hopefully I did well. <laughs> You did. Thank you. Went well. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, thanks for joining us. This is a WFY Brownscast, uh, part of the uh, Evergreen uh, Podcast Network. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, Joe and uh, me and uh, Taylor will be back uh, post game sometime. We haven't discussed when. Uh, we'll get a, We'll figure it out a time. Uh, it'll either be after the game, way late, or kind of on Friday. We'll see. Um, but, uh, yeah, come join us, and then uh, we'll be uh, always before games, Wednesdays or Thursdays, uh, previewing the game. So uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, go Browns. The Korean War has sadly been known as the Forgotten War, but half a century earlier, the United States was locked in a bloody conflict in Asia that's been all but erased from the history books. Hi, I'm Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio vs. the World an American history podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. In our newest episode, we speak to experts about the Philippine-American War, America's first Asian counterinsurgency conflict. The heroes, the villains. We'll discuss President McKinley, Admiral Dewey, the vicious brutality of the fighting and the scandals and war crimes that nearly sunk Theodore Roosevelt's presidency. Check out our show, Ohio vs. the World, on the Evergreen Podcast Network for our new episode about America's most forgotten war. Now back to the show.